Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'd like to keep my remarks minimal so that the elements of the table can do the speaking for themselves. But if you would look with me, Israel is given as an example here in 1 Corinthians. And 1 Corinthians is a corrective book. And we know that uh, as we study the book of 1 Corinthians, there are some things that the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of God, is trying to correct some practices that have gone awry, some things that are not quite right. And so look with me, if you would, at one verse of Scripture, and then we'll make our prayer. Verse 16 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 reads thus, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Our Father who art in heaven, so hallowed is your name. And Father, when we stop for just a moment to realize to whom we are speaking, to whom we call upon, Lord, the very thought that you would lay down your life, allow your son's body to be broken, bruised, battered, torn, And Father, your Son's blood to be spilt. Father, it boggles the mind. But beyond even that, it drives us to our knees in humility, crying out, Abba, Father. So Lord, what we ask this evening is that you would give us a liberal portion of your wisdom. Father, that you would calm our hearts and our minds. Remove from us, Father, the temptation to dwell on the busyness of the outside world. And Father, that we wouldn't look at time or schedules, events that are to take place following, but Father, that we would look to your Son to the sacrifice that He made some 2,000 years ago. Father, to look to Your Son. And as we do, Father, that we would remember what He did. Remember why He did it. Because God so loved that He gave. Now, Father, bless this time to our hearts and our lives to its molding. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As I read through this passage here, I find something that is interesting. And and he is speaking, as he gets into this, at Israel's uh, history, and the history that they had, and where they were baptized in Moses, uh, uh, in the cloud and in the sea, and did eat all the same spiritual meat, did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that f- uh, followed them. 
And that rock was Christ. Now we know from the history of, uh, of Israel what he's speaking of. He's speaking of the Exodus. And as you read the Gospel of John, and as we made our way through the Gospel of John for, the, for some three years, we notice where Christ referred to himself as the living water, as the bread of life, as the light of the world. And the, uh, uh, the Israelite people were led to the promised land by the pillar of fire to lead them the light. They were fed from heaven by manna, the bread of life. And they were given drink at the rock. The water, the living water is resembled there. And when Jesus was on the scene and as he was making the statements, this, the, the various statements that he is making, he is drawing the people back to a remembrance. I am the sustainer. I am where you find everything. You want life? It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. You want... Uh, you want spiritual food, you want spiritual water, you want nourishment for your soul. It is found nowhere other than the person of Jesus Christ. And as he goes through this, he challenges them in the area of idolatry. He says in verse 7, Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play, Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And he lets it be, to be known that just as the people of Israel, they, they make it so far and then they would complain. They'd make it so far and they would commit adultery. They would make it so far and they would tempt the Lord. They would make it so far and they would be given to idolatry. He said, don't let that be of you. Don't let that be your uh, reputation. He says in verse 14 again, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And as we have uh, looked in time past, idolatry is anything that we allow to take the precedence over the person of Jesus Christ. Anything that we make more important than God. As I look into my own personal life, there are many days where I allow sleep to become more important than my relationship with God. There are days where I allow the television to become more important than my relationship with God. There are days where I allow my family even to become more important than my relationship with God. That next vacation or that next uh, whatever, that next meal oftentimes becomes more important than God. He says, let us flee idolatry. Then he says in verse 16, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion 
of the body of Christ. And we find ourselves now at the text in which we had left off. Look at verse 17 with me, if you would. For we, being many, are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel, after the flesh, are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What say I then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table, table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles that eat, asking no question for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. If you were to go back to where he's talking in verse number 20, he says, but I say that the things which uh, the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. And then he follows it up with this statement that is very strong and ought to cause our attention to be arrested for a moment. He says this, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. The Apostle Paul was a very crass individual. I believe the Apostle Paul would uh, probably make most Baptists today blush. And if you were to read his uh, statement, I'm so thankful that the translators many times translate things very tame. Because if you were to read probably exactly what he was saying, you'd think perhaps you had just uh, uh, misunderstood some things. But he was very forthright and very bold in his statements. And I believe he had good cause to do so. When we come to a table such as this, and one of the things, if you were to study the book of 1 Corinthians, one of the things that you would find is that they had taken the Lord's table and they had made it into a mockery. They had made it something that it was not. They were, there was people drunk at the Lord's table. There were people who were, who were purposefully shunning certain people, making sure that they had better things to eat than the others. There, this was something that ought not to have been said of the people of God. And Paul uses the, the communion service, the Lord's table, this very act that we're going, this very ordinance that we're going to be looking at this evening. And he uses it as a way to wake people up and say, listen, for just a moment, you cannot be a partaker of the Lord's table and at the same time go out and partake of anything and everything else that you would like to have. 
because he took very seriously the blood and body of Jesus Christ. I was reading a book not too long ago, and uh, I'd shared this with some of the deacons. And this book was talking about reaching the unsaved Christian. And these, the man that was writing the book was traveling to the Bible Belt and he was getting ready to start pastoring a church in the Bible Belt. And his friend was with him in the parking lot. They were talking, they were saying their goodbyes. And his friend was heading out to some indigenous part of the world where they had never heard the gospel. And he was pioneering and, and he was telling him how, oh, he was, I'm going to be praying for you so, so hard. I'm going to be lifting you up in prayer. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you are going to the front lines of ministry. You are heading to where the, the word of God has never been. And you, are, you have such a difficult task ahead of you. And he said, wait a minute. He says, you're the one that probably has the more difficult task. Because you have to present the gospel to people who think they have it. This is what Paul was saying. He was saying, those of us who know the gospel of Jesus Christ must live the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we come to a table such as this, and we take of the bread, and later we'll actually physically do that, it is to be a reminder of the body which was broken for you. When we take of the juice, it is to be a reminder of the blood which was spilt for you. And Paul said, don't let anything Take your attention away from that. Nothing. It says in verse 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The word there for communion can be translated fellowship. We talk about our fellowship meals where we sit across the table from someone or we sit next to people and we eat our food and we talk about the previous month and things that have gone by and the upcoming week and we fellowship. We have this camaraderie and this companionship with one another. The Apostle Paul says we have communion with the blood of Christ. We have fellowship with the broken body Christ. Understand what he's saying in that. And I don't know about you, but that's something that grasps me in a way that I cannot explain. It just, it blows my mind the very thought that I have fellowship with the sacrifice of God. What a wonderful truth. Don't let it escape you this evening as we partake of the elements here in just a moment. Don't let it escape you that when you are looking at that bread, remember the body of Jesus Christ that was broken, bruised, torn. You have fellowship with that. 
as you're holding the juice, remember the blood that was spilt so that you could have communion with the divine, the creator of all, the God who spoke the worlds into existence. You, my brother, my sister, have that communion. And allow this table to be something that speaks to your heart. Some here perhaps do not experience that fellowship. Perhaps they do not have the communion with the blood or the communion with the body of Christ. Perhaps they're guilty of idolatry. Perhaps they have chosen the table of devils over the Lord's table. Let this be what speaks to you. Let this be what drives home the the awesome truth that God loved you enough to send His Son to to robe Himself in flesh. Think, Think about it. God became man. That in and of itself blows me away. (laughs) But then that he would make his way to Calvary. Willingly laying down his life. You know, I love the story of, uh, or the gospel of John, should I say, and the way it depicts when they came to arrest Jesus and they said, we're looking for Jesus. And he simply says, I am He. And when He said, I am, they fell back. They didn't arrest Him. He willingly went. No shackles could bind my God. No chains could hold Him. No rope, no nail could keep Him on that cross. No amount of thorns, no amount of beating could subdue him. He, the God who created it all, spoke it into existence, spread his arms out wide and said, all this I do for you. He wasn't killed. He let himself go. And just to put the nail in the coffin, so to speak, he gave up the ghost. (laughs) They didn't win. He said, it's finished. To tell us die. Paid in full. Let us come to this table this evening with our hearts focused on Him. Let us come determined to say thank you. Let us come to this table, the table of the Lord, determined to shun the table of devils. Let us come to this table determined to live our lives revealing the truth of what we claim that His body was broken for me, His blood was spilt for me, and from this moment on, I'll live for Him.
Let tonight be that renewal. If it's been a while since you've put your focus on Calvary, let tonight be the night that you do that. If it's been a while since you've remembered Him, let this refresh your memory. Father, as we come before You, Lord, humbled, Father, with a contrite heart, Father, willing vessels, desirous, Lord, to see You. Father, as we do this, we pray that, Lord in heaven, You would cause in our hearts a burning passion to live for You. Father, as we partake of the table here in just a moment, I pray that You would speak to us individually and speak to us corporately, Lord. Father, that we would be people completely given to You. We pray, Lord, that You would watch over the remainder of this time. For it's in Your Son's name we pray. Amen.